Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading for today is recorded for us in the prophet Isaiah, the 55th chapter. It's the word how God does not think the way we think, as he is going to prove to us in our gospel reading today. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading today, we begin a a continuous reading through the letter to the Philippians. And we begin with Paul in prison for Christ, but he's not lamenting that, but celebrating it. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, this means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that I saw you had and now here that I still have. This too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite the congregation to stand as we join in the Alleluia and verse on the bottom of page 205. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. We hear Jesus speak in a scandalous, absolutely scandalous way of the Gospel. In the fair and just treatment of the workers according to the way the Master decided to pay them. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them said, You, go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, well, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, The last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat? But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, good morning. Well, grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, what does it mean to stand firm? Like It's not just standing in one place. It can't just mean holding your own against the, as you bike against the wind. Nor is it just standing up to bullies. Standing firm for you and I is different. The best way to put it is this book that I read many years ago. I tried finding the title. I tried hunting it down. I cannot find it. If you know it, please let me know. But the premise of the book is that there are Christians in Russia at a time when persecution is taking place, a time when Christians are hiding their faith because fear has gripped them. Fear of being shot, arrested, or thrown into the gulags, the prisons, in this country. Unless the scenes open up with an underground church service. Everyone joyful, singing praises to the Lord, and generally happy despite the storm that's taking place outside. Yet, as the service continued, three armed men came to the building, each with a rifle. Now, the scene unfolds into what is a heated standoff. A young man stands there blocking their path up to the front of the church. And you can feel the room grow silent. 
and what I imagine was a leader of this posse, raised his rifle and aimed it right at the chest of this young man and asked him this question. Are you ready to die for your faith? Will you die for this Jesus? What a question to be asked. Yeah, this is just a book. This is probably just fiction. But, a question, but what a question to be considered. You and I might talk about this if it's brought up in Bible study, which would often lead to discussion about those who are suffering, especially our fellow brothers and sisters over in China, those in Sudan, and other countries. But these are real-world examples of persecution of the church. But that's, that's removed from us, especially here in the States. Of course, you and I are surrounded by businesses that openly support pride, that provide support for the, uh, for the killing of the unborn children, and uh, not to mention the growing affection for anything other than God. Yet this kind of trouble has always plagued the, God, the people of God throughout history. Now I'm going to spend the next several hours giving you a history lesson of the Old and New Testament and bring it all the way up to modern day, but no one wants to be here for the next several hours. So I'll just stick to Paul and what he faced during his ministry to the Gentiles. The year is 60 AD, and from a prison in Rome, Paul writes a letter of encouragement to the congregation of Philippi. Encouragement despite the fact that Paul has been imprisoned, arrested for sharing the gospel of the Lord. For now he waits for trial to determine whether or not he'll be allowed to live and continue preaching the word, or to be executed and seen as a rebel, an enemy to the state. And it so happens that, at this time, Nero is in charge. Nero, who is well known for his love for blaming Christians for everything that went wrong in the empire, even blaming them for the great fire that destroyed large sections of the city of Rome. But with even all this happening, Paul wrote, hear his words. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. When you hear these words, you might be thinking, wow, Paul. Paul's really trying to put a nice construction on his current situation. And others might say, he's just masking this confidence so as not to scare the Christians in Philippi. And you could be right probably about both. Now, what Paul writes here are not words too different from those that we see in the Psalms, especially those written by David, who writes asking God to free him from his enemies, to stop from being hunted, and continuing down this downward spiral of fear, but yet at the end, ultimately praising God despite what is happening to him. See, from Paul, you and I can see a fellow saint standing firm in their faith in Christ. Standing firm despite the fear of death looming overhead as it did for all Christians in the days of the early church. A time marked not only with joy, with songs, the exponential growth of the church, new people coming to Christ as the word went out from Israel through the Roman Empire and even into the East like India. But this time is also marked with death. Staying deeply by the blood of the saints, those who are martyred. Hold on. 
I'm sorry, but marred is one of those words that we use to make things easier to digest, like wrapping up with a bow, making it easier to understand what took place. In the days of the early church, Christians suffered. Fellow brothers and sisters and the saints who have come before us were hated, despised, stoned to death, boiled, and even executed and even crucified, such as Christ, or upside down in Paul's in Peter's case. And with even Emperor Nero and his love for blaming Christians for everything. As history tells us, there are accounts of numerous Christians being tied to timbers, oil tossed on them, and set ablaze to be used as lanterns in his garden. And not to mention that of all the twelve disciples, John, the author of the gospel, the three letters in the book of Revelation, was the only one to live to old age. Now, I don't say this to scare you, to upset you, to have no desire to want to hear anything else that will be coming forth in the sermon. But look at those who have come before us. Look at those who have stood firm in their faith. They held on to the promises of Christ, even while living in fear during those days, encouraging the next generation, and so on and so forth. As all Christians are to stand firm in their faith, standing firm in the promises of Christ and passing that on for all to see. And regardless of what is thrown at us time and time again, even if that means hearing from our neighbors that our faith is a joke, it's the biggest lie in the world, even if it means hearing the lies and deceptions of the devil as we see it on our movies, our TV shows, and our music that's played on our radios, phones, and even our computers. Or even as we watch friends and family depart from the faith, forsaking Christ and seeking those that are temporary, a fix. Or even when the world came to a halt as COVID dictated our lives at home, work, and even here in worship. Even with all this, all this taking place, you and I are to stand firm in the rich promises that are only found in Christ Jesus our Lord. And see, this is why Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians. It's not his last will and testament, though it would be fitting if it was, but it's not. Paul did not use this letter to stir up hardship. It was not to incite panic or fear into these people. Paul didn't use this to drive them back to their homes and to wait until judgment day, wait until Christ returns. This is a letter of joy. It's a letter of hope. It one that reminded the Philippians that even in the midst of being arrested, even in the midst of awaiting trial to see if he was going to live or die, the word of the Lord did not stop. The gospel continued to be preached throughout the empire. And hear his words as he writes, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul's arrest did nothing to stop the gospel of our Lord from being preached throughout the empire. And most of all, the city of Rome. It is nothing new to any Christian that the Jewish leaders wanted to end the preaching of Jesus. Nor was it odd to see that the Romans treat Christians as rebels who sought to destroy the empire. And what they saw as being the final solution to the problem that they are facing proved to be quite the opposite. 
and rather hide behind fear, keeping their faith to themselves. The word was heard over and over and over again. And being as, as Paul was being, as people were being encouraged by Paul, who wholly trusted in the Lord, trusted the Lord will see him through this regardless if it meant getting to spend more time with people, witnessing to more Gentiles, and getting to work with more congregations like the church in Philippi, or being called home by his Lord. As Paul writes, Yes, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will not turn out for my deliverance. This will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full coverage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul is right, you know. For you and I to live is Christ. I know that phrase is a little odd and a little confusing. But as the followers of Christ, you and I not only just hear the word read and proclaimed, not only are we to just receive Christ and keep it all to ourselves, we are to take what we have received, which is Christ, and be Christ to our neighbors, sharing the gospel of our Lord with all whom we encounter. This is part of the Christian life. And it is sharing that same love that Christ has shared with you, with me, and with all creation. For he died and rose again, washing away our sin and granting us new life in him. You and I have received Christ. Therefore, let us take Christ to our neighbor, even if the world is against us even when our neighbors don't want to hear what we have to say, or even with the thought of being shamed for our faith, we can stand firm. See, we're not standing in something that's temporary, but the one that is eternal, and that is the promise of life in Christ Jesus. And yes, even to die is gain. You and I well know that death is not natural. Death was never part of the original design of creation. Death is nothing more than a reminder that we live in a fallen, sinful world. But for you and I, death is different. Unlike those who have you believe that death is it, that there's nothing afterwards, or that death is just the restart of this whole cycle, as some believe. Yes, our mortal flesh will fail. That is just the result of sin. But you and I have the promise of eternal life in our Lord through faith. This is why we can stand firm. Our faith is not built on some just odd folklore. It's not rooted in some creature. It's not rooted in something that is false or lies of this world. Our faith is rooted in Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who has given us these wonderful gifts of freedom from the burden of sin and the sweet joy of life eternal with Him. This is yours. So go forth. Go forth into this world, not cowering out of fear, out of shame, ridicule, or being rejected by people. Go forth with the same blessed and confidence that we have in our Lord, just as Paul had, just as those who have come before us in the faith had as well. Go forth into this world, sharing the gospel of our Lord, 
despite what is thrown at us. For as Christ said to his disciples, I have overcome this world. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.